I'm talking to Richard Scott, who is Head of Research for HR Inflow. He's also co-author of the book, Go Beyond, The Path to Impact HR, Impact OD and Impact L&D. He's got a very interesting background and a very interesting area of deep knowledge, which is related to language and the use of language, which is something that he's written about in relationship to organisations and the use of language by leaders in organisations, but also in other contexts. And it's this really that we thought would be of most value to you today. So Richard, do you want to just say hello and uh, introduce yourself? Hi, well, as as Simon said, I'm uh, Richard Scott. I'm the um, head of research for HR Inflow. I have a strange and varied background, perhaps. I started off as an officer in the RAF as an air traffic controller. I then moved to the Ministry of Defence and and did some intelligence work there, and then moved to the police and and spent the last uh, 12 years of my non-HR work there um, as an intelligence analyst, managing a, a team of analysts. But along the way, I've also um, done quite a bit of uh, training work and, and writing for training. And as Simon said, I've through that developed a, a fascination really with the use of language and the way in which it can determine and, and shape the way that our message is either perceived or, or ignored, as the case may be. Great. So why don't we start by zeroing in on, on the language issue? And this is something that those of you who, who look at the HR and Flow blog will have, may have seen a post. Keep Swedish for the Swedes. Of course, if you're Swedish, then that's fine. Sweden is great, but otherwise it's not one of the more um, well-understood languages. What led you to write that post, Richard? What's the broad interest that you have that led to writing that post? Well, really, I, I think HR as a, a function, as a specialisation, um, really does itself an injustice very often by the language that it chooses to use and that HR professionals choose to use. I think all too often we're tending to um, cloud the issue, as it were, and fail to put our message across simply by wrapping it up in all sorts of jargon and um, acronyms that HR people might understand, but most of the time we're not intending things for HR people. We're, we're talking to non-HR people uh, and wanting to put a message over to them and get them to uh, adopt new initiatives and so on. And I'm just very concerned that we just do ourselves an injustice by failing to speak the language that, that the great majority of, of other people will, will understand clearly. Mm. We use all sorts of you know, acronyms which will be you know, understandable perhaps to those who read um, HR journals and blogs and what have you, but, but leave other people completely cold. Yeah. And we're just undermining our message and failing to get it across by failing to use um, appropriate language for other people. What data points are you drawing on for this perception? Is this what you're reading, or, or where are you seeing and hearing this? Well, to use an example, when I was working for the police, I would sometimes have my boss, the chief superintendent, come to me with an email from HR, and he'd say, this is in HR speak, can you translate it for me? <laughs> um, it's examples like that where an HR department is trying to get senior managers to adopt new practices to see the importance of, of adopting them, and yet is failing to put it across in a way that, that their, their audience will understand. I mean, if we were doing something for an audience of Japanese speakers, yeah. then we would make sure we had a Japanese translation. But all too often, we don't have a translation for non-HR people, as it were. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting, that expression. HR speak, can you translate? 
<laughs> okay. So, uh, and I guess, I guess. So, so, what are the what are the the hallmarks of HR speak? Uh, I mean, you might have some examples in terms of some of the bingo phrases. But typically, what is being sort of obfuscated? What is being positioned? You know, what does what HR speak trying to do, and what does it look like? I think all too often, HR speak is trying to ensure that the, the speaker or the writer is seen to have read all the right things, right, um, right. all the right conferences. It's, it's sort of writing to impress other HR people yeah. rather than writing to get itself understood. That's an interesting impact, uh, actually, because uh, you know, obviously that's what's being communicated to the reader by the jargon that you're seeing. If we were playing HR bingo, what would be the sorts of words we, we'd have on our bingo card? Performance uplift. Ah, yes. You know, no, I have seen, I have seen, no, I'm, I'm not picking on the police here particularly, but I have seen senior police officers look at one another and smirk when they hear an HR person say things like that. You know, it, it's almost, a, you know, nudging the ribs, here they go again. Yeah. And I think it would be hugely instructive for some HR professionals to go to a conference, sit amongst, sit unannounced, as it were, amongst a, a group of non-HR people mm. and listen to an HR presentation. Yeah. Because they will hear the asides, the smirks, the little jokes. And, and I think it would be enorm- uh, you know, enormously instructive for people to see that because yeah. sometimes HR, sadly, is regarded as a joke because yeah. they, they come up with this stuff which to the great majority of people means nothing. And it just emphasizes the, it, it plays, if you like, to the stereotype. It, it plays up to the idea of HR being in a silo that's cut off for everybody else and has nothing to do with the, the actual core business of the organization. Uh, you've just given me a great idea, or at least I think it's a great idea. Let's see. <laughs> Since we're talking about uh, HR people who think they've got a great idea and um, perhaps haven't, maybe we should ask our listeners to uh, help us create an HR bingo card. Absolutely, uh, yes. With, with uh, some, of these, yes. some of these HR catchphrases. All right, so we have people trying to impress, people writing to impress, people wanting to do, you know, behind all of this, obviously people want to do a good job as well. They're not hitting the nail, they're, they're actually disengaging people, their internal customers seeing it, the, the HR as a joke rather than somebody who really understands and is central to the business. What is the recipe for success then? If, if you had a, a group of HR people who were specifically coming to you to say, teach us how to actually communicate so that people understand us, what would be your prescription? Go to non-HR departments. Spend time with non-HR people. Try ideas out on non-HR people individually before you burst into print or give your presentation. Hopefully, non-HR people will know non-HR people in the same organisation that they trust. They can try things out on, but just try to to put yourself in their shoes Mm. and forget about the fact that you know you've been to the conferences and you've read the journals and the blogs that, that come up with the, uh, the latest HR speak and put yourself in the shoes of the person who's never heard of this, this particular initiative before and just wants to know what it's all about. That's, I think that's an incredibly valuable suggestion and 
simple and you know one that everybody can do. And in fact, it's, it's also excellent, mainly from the sense that if you between different organisations, you can't this will this will get the specific language that works within different organisations and within that context and culture. So I think that's an excellent suggestion.